Welcome to the Good Fiction Podcast. Join us as we continue with Things That Charlie Did, Chapter 23. To say everyone was extremely angry at Charlie for dropping everything and immediately heading back to Mexico was an understatement. Several radio interviews and an appearance on Oprah after she'd picked his book for her Book of the Month Club and talked about how inspiring it was had to be canceled. He chartered a Learjet, packed his bags, made sure he had a car waiting for him, and with the protesting of his friends on a constant mission to find out how long he would be gone and when he was coming back, he was off and on his way. 24 hours after that, he was on his way to Cuidad Norte, this time in a Jeep. He was in Cuidad Norte long before sundown. The first sight was incredibly pleasing. The library was apparently full of people. He stopped and sat unnoticeable as he watched people coming and going from the library's entrance. The small area in front had been landscaped and flowers of yellows and whites were in full bloom against the building itself. The gas station was going full blast. There were cars lined up for gas. The first time Charlie had ever seen that, the plan he'd put in place to pump the profits of the station back into the library seemed to be working well. Thank God for Frank's committal to manage that for him. There was no way Charlie was going to be able to sit there unnoticed for long. Father Guerrero was the first to find him sitting there. Good Lord, he said. Charlie, is that you? Father Guerrero, how are you? Well, it's good to see you. What are you doing sitting here in that car? Please, come down to the house. You must be tired from your trip. Please. His face was welcoming and kind, sincere, not fake. Like a cool drink of water must feel to a man who was close to dying of thirst in a sun-parched desert, Father Guerrero's invitation was more than welcomed. The kindly priest hopped in the passenger side of Charlie's rented Jeep, and they took off for that familiar short trip to the end of the street. The Jeep was parked around the back portion of the chapel. For one thing, that was the easiest way for he and the father to get to the priest's residence. But also, he didn't want word to get to Maria yet that he was in town. The Jeep was out of sight where he parked it. Once inside the priest's house, there was an offer of cool iced tea, which Charlie gladly accepted. The chit-chat consisted of the details of how one travels from California to Cuidad Norte and eventually to San Miguel. Nothing deep. Eventually, though, the conversation turned to more important things, Father Guerrero wasn't fearful of diving in with just frank, straightforward questions. So tell me, Charlie, what brings you back here? He asked kindly, but with an air of suspicion. Charlie hesitated, sipped his tea, then crossed his arms in front of his chest. Well, Father, he said, let me tell you, I just felt like I needed to come here. Needed? asked Guerrero. 
Yes, well, I know it sounds a little crazy. It just seems to me that I needed to get away from all of that mess that surrounds me all the time. There's a mess here too, Charlie, said Guerrero. They both chuckled. What is it specifically that's here? The priest leaned forward in his chair. Like a catcher getting ready to receive a fastball, he prepared himself for Charlie's emotions to come at him. They had finally made it to the key question. Oh, I don't know. The library? The people? said Charlie. Any people specifically? asked the priest. It was obvious where this was going. Well, all of you, I... Maria? interrupted the priest. Charlie sighed with embarrassment. Did it show that much? Was it that easy to see? He simply nodded his head yes. Father Guerrero stood and took Charlie's iced tea glass and walked to a small table where a half-full pitcher sat, and he poured his glass full again. He turned to face Charlie. I hate to be the one to tell you this, but she's gone, Charlie. Gone? Charlie said in disbelief. No, 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 no. Don't misunderstand me. She's okay, said Guerrero. I mean, she's left San Miguel. Moved? Yes, she moved. Charlie started guessing explanations and said out loud, she must have gone to Mexico City to study. She mentioned something about going back to school and Guerrero held up his hand, indicating to Charlie that he should stop guessing. Walking back to his chair, he asked Charlie to sit down and handed him his refreshed glass of iced tea. She's not in Mexico City, he said calmly. Well, do you know where she went? Asked Charlie. No, none of us do. All we know is that she went somewhere down into Central America to teach. She said she needed time to herself. Guess she needed to get away too. Charlie was having an extremely hard time hiding his disappointment. No one knows where she is, he asked again. I'm afraid not, said Guerrero. Does anyone know when she'll be back? No one knows, Charlie. Why would she do something like this, asked Charlie. Well, why do you think, asked Guerrero. Me? Because of me? Well, is that what you think, asked the priest. I don't know, Father. Please help me. Help me out here. Help me figure this out. Well, obviously, you two have strong feelings toward each other, said the priest. You've come back here seeking her. She's gone off searching for whatever it is she's searching for. She needs to fill the emptiness that was left when you went home. Guerrero paused and then added, They have a word for that, you know. A word? asked Charlie. What word? L-O-V-E, whispered Father Guerrero. My advice to you, Mr. Duncan, is to go find her, and if you do, stay with her. Whether it be here, Central America, or California, it doesn't matter. Just don't let her get away from you, young man. Charlie leaned back in his chair and made a steeple with his fingers and thought deeply out loud. The L word. Hmm. So you think this is it? 
Looks that way to me, said Guerrero. But you understand that's something that you have to decide on your own. So let's say, said Charlie, I go looking for. He skillfully skipped right over any in-depth conversation on the L word. Where would I start, asked Charlie. I mean, Central America. Excuse the expression, Father, but for God's sake, she could be anywhere. Well, all we know is that she talked with the Mexican embassy in El Salvador about getting a teaching job down there. Why El Salvador? asked Charlie. I wondered the same thing, said Guerrero. But then I got to thinking, you know, there are places there that are very similar to places here. Villages and small towns in which the people are poor and basically slaves for the drug lords by working the poppy fields. The difference is that Cuidad Norte and San Miguel aren't that way anymore, said Charlie. Exactly, said Father Guerrero. He'd help Charlie come to the conclusion. In fact, Charlie recognized what his friend had done and began to nod his head to indicate he understood. She's going to try to do there what she did here. He knows what the answer was, but he looked to his friend for confirmation. That's the way I see it. Doesn't she realize how dangerous something like that could be? Asked Charlie. Well, I'm sure she does. Charlie stood and paced with his hands behind his back for a few minutes in silence. Father Guerrero allowed the cogs and wheels to turn inside of his head without interrupting. He let him come to his own conclusions. It doesn't really matter what her reasoning is. She's not stupid. She knows that getting mixed up in that sort of thing is not wise. Well, she's far from stupid, Charlie, said Guerrero. Charlie said, then maybe I should just leave her alone. She's obviously out to accomplish something, and, well, she's going for it. Charlie paused for a moment. You know, I understand that and respect it, too. I mean, you certainly can't fault someone for wanting to do something good. Right, Father? True, he confirmed. Charlie continued to pace back and forth. His hands were gently clasped behind his back still and appeared as though he were going to argue a case in front of the jury. That wasn't inconsequential. He could usually get the jury to think exactly like he was thinking. He was scared for Maria. He quickly switched his gears from deep thinking to a rapid list of things he had decided to do. Okay, here's what's going to happen. I'm going to go to El Salvador, maybe poke around a little bit and see if I can find her. It could very well be that I'm overreacting to all this, but at this point I would much rather see for myself. Father Guerrero was seated now and quickly shook his head in agreement as Charlie thought out loud. This gave him the assurance that what he was planning was the right thing to do. The two continued to discuss the details on how he should go about traveling to El Salvador, a place in which he'd never been. Just figuring out how to get there took them into the early morning hours. He stayed at the father's house that night, 
and they both work early to continue with Charlie's travel plans. If things went according to plan, he should be able to leave in a day or two. In the meantime, he planned to visit the library, Mr. Garcia, and Maria's parents, and if he could, Michael and Margarita. The day was completely full with a tight schedule to be kept in order to do all of those things. He started with a visit to the library at mid-morning, the day after his arrival. What he saw there certainly pleased him. The place was busy with a great deal of activity. The desks were the computer set for research and internet surfing were all occupied. People browsed the aisles looking for books. Others sat at the tables reading back issues of magazines and newspapers. To top it off, the most outstanding aspect was something else he noticed. Everyone was happy. Polite, hushed conversations, complete with smiles all around him, and none of them were fake. His time with the Gomezes and Mr. Garcia was equally as fulfilling. As usual, he was fed like it was the last feast on earth, courtesy of Maria's mother. He questioned all of them about specific places where Maria might be. The conversation was disappointing. Everyone was deeply concerned about her because they didn't know exactly where she was. They were glad to hear Charlie was going to look for her, though. Margarita and Michael got word that Charlie was in San Miguel at the Gomez's house that night and stopped by. He wasn't surprised to see an engagement ring on Margarita's hand and hear of their plans to go to college in the United States. They also expressed their concern for Maria. Margarita was happy as well was Michael that Charlie was going to find her. Their long-held suspicions that the two had feelings for each other was confirmed that night. Margarita was absolutely giddy about it all, saying things about how romantic his going to look for her was. The goodbyes were as bittersweet the second time around as they had been the first time. The second, there seemed to be an understanding, an unspoken understanding, that he'd eventually be back. The question really was whether Maria would be with him or not. He stopped at Father Guerrero's on his way back from San Miguel. He had to drive through Cuidad Norte anyway, so he figured a quick shot of confidence would surely be nice. Guerrero was up already and preparing for a morning mass. They met in the chapel. He halted his prayerful preparations to warmly greet Charlie. It was obvious what Charlie was looking for. Father Guerrero didn't have time to invent something to say. It just so happens that the sermon he was currently working on had to do with something that seemed appropriate for the occasion. They sat together in the same front pews where months earlier a decision was made to go after the Santiago family. He pulled a Bible from the back of the pew in front of him and rapidly turned through the pages, mumbling something as he did. Here, here it is, he said, 
He touched each word as he read it aloud. The Bible was written in Spanish, but he gave his own translation into English instantly. 1 Corinthians 3.10, it says, By the grace God has given me, I laid a foundation as an expert builder. He mumbled some more. 14. And if what he has built survives, he will receive his just rewards. Your point? Charlie asked jokingly. Look around you, the library. Ah, it's a beautiful thing. It's serving the purpose you intended. That's your reward for building it. Building it was the foundation. Friendships are that way too. Built on foundations that are sincere. They too will flourish if so. Look at your friends here. Not fake, said Charlie. Fake? asked Guerrero. He didn't understand Charlie's use of the word. Nothing, said Charlie. I understand what you're saying, though. My point also has to do with Maria, said the priest. I'm listening, said Charlie. The foundation is there for a deep, long-lasting relationship, Charlie. It seems to me it's something you both want. The priest paused. Go find her, Charlie. You're doing the right thing. And there it was, that slap on the back that you can do this pep talk. He needed it and he got it. Before the sun came up, he was on his way to Mexico City for an Aero-Mexico flight to the capital city in El Salvador. There he would try to find out any information he could from the Mexican embassy. If that didn't work, he had no plan. This little trip had the potential of being dangerous. El Salvadorians have long held resentments towards Americans. When Ronald Reagan was president, there had been a civil war in El Salvador where the United States had tried to secretly give one side guns and ammunition. And the government was corrupt. The leaders of the country, heavily involved in the business of cocaine, didn't take kindly to Americans poking their noses around. America, after all, had long before declared a war on drugs. That not only meant the initiation of programs like the D.A.R.E. program for kids, but increased the use of the military to stop the flow of drugs into the United States. This took money out of the pockets of those in power in El Salvador. Because of all this, the government had used propaganda to make Americans look like an enemy, which in fact they were. To top it off, not only was Charlie going to stand out simply from his skin color, but his limited Spanish was going to be a big problem. The task of finding Maria was much, much, much more than looking for a needle in a haystack. It really was going to be much harder than that. The fact that he was trying to find her was just as risky as Maria's apparent attempt to do something somewhere in El Salvador, what they had done in Cuidad Norte in San Miguel, sitting on a cramped plane, a baby crying in the background, the smell of 
sweat and unwashed bodies filled the air. Conditions had gotten worse before he'd even made it to the country. The view from the plane gave him a good idea of where it was and where he was going. When you fly in the United States and even in Mexico, there are cities and towns and roads clearly visible from the air. All Charlie could see in any direction was thick jungle and mountains. The deep greens of the very richly, tightly compacted vegetation was all he could see. As far as the horizon on either side of the plain, there was nothing but steep mountains completely covered from top to bottom with the vegetation. An occasional stream rushed between the mountains, giving the vegetation an interruption and surely providing nourishment to no telling what had for centuries made its home in that thick jungle. His imagination ran wild with what was down there. After five and a half hours of flying in the uncomfortable Boeing 737, a city came into view. Charlie was pleasantly surprised with its modern look from the air. Like an island in the jungle, there were roads, houses, a downtown area that had several buildings. Three of the buildings were very tall and modern looking. With their reflective glass windows, they surely would fit into the skyline of any of the world's modern cities. The approach to the airport was equally pleasing. Not the biggest airport he'd ever been at, but not the smallest either. They passed the modern concrete and glass control tower while not more than 50 feet off the ground. Within 15 minutes of touchdown, he was standing in the terminal and ready to start his search. As expected, this wasn't going to be easy. First of all, he could always find someone that spoke English, but not here. Cold stares as he made eye contact with almost anyone. Camouflaged guards that looked like Santiago's guards toted machine guns and stared him down as well. It didn't matter, though. Charlie had learned some things lately. Dread means fear. Deal with the fear. As Michael and Margarita had taught him, focus. As Father Guerrero had taught him, the foundation had been laid for something worthwhile, something real, something not fake. This was worth the effort. Thank you for listening. Join us next time as we continue with Things That Charlie Did. I'm Rodney Mathers. Goodbye for now.